Good morning. Your scripture this morning comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 56. And it says this, And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months, and then she returned home. This morning is the third Sunday of Advent, which is hard for me to believe, actually. Um, I usually joke that uh, for us, the the year moves very quickly, and then it gets to December, and it moves at a snail's pace, but it, it has not this year. Um, in fact, we've been so busy, my wife and I, that I have to confess something to you. We both got to the same store yesterday for different reasons, and I was walking up to a bell ringer, and I felt somebody hit me on the shoulder and turn around and wave at me, and I, for two seconds, just kind of went, hey, it was my wife. She had a mask on. That's what I keep telling her. It was the mask. I just... I was in, in my zone of, I need to go talk to this person, and, and she texted me back. She said, you didn't even recognize me, punk. So, um, so yeah, pray for me, uh, and that I would uh, not be so busy as to forget uh, my wife. Um, this, this sermon this morning is very important, not because I'm preaching it, but there has been, in the last few years, this idea that somehow it wouldn't matter if Jesus wasn't born of a virgin. And I want to say to you this morning that it is very important uh, for your spiritual growth, for your relationship with God to know that it is very important. And, if, and it's important, we know it's important because the Bible tells us this in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So before I get into my sermon about this unconventional hope, I want to share with you just a reminder of why it's important that we read uh, that Mary was a virgin and she miraculously had this Christ child. You see, if there was no virgin birth, there would be no deity. If there was no deity, there would be no sinlessness. If there's no sinlessness, we have no atonement. If we have no atonement, we have no forgiveness. And if we have no forgiveness, we have no hope of heaven. Jesus was born of a virgin that you and I might be born again. Isaiah 7 verse 14, this was hundreds of years before Mary gave birth. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That's important today to remember as, as many people, even as uh, so-called believers, would say that it doesn't 
matter? Let me tell you, it does matter because it mattered to God. And if it mattered enough to put in this in the Word, then it should matter to us. Look at Luke. My, uh, my daughter read from Luke chapter uh, 1, verse 46, but I want to go up to Luke chapter 1 and look at verse uh, 26 and 27. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. It's no coincidence that it would that we would see Mary first and foremost as the virgin because it is a fulfillment of prophecy from Isaiah. So what I want to look at this morning is God's selection of a common girl offers guidance for us and hope for our effort in Christ because this unconventional way of choosing Mary is the same way God chooses us. We're, we are, let's be honest, and I don't say this to give you low self-esteem, but we're nobodies, right? But God uses nobodies and makes them somebodies so that they can go and tell other people about Jesus who can save anybody. So this morning, I want to remind you uh, that, that really what made Mary special, there's only really one thing. She was available. God today is looking for the same thing He was looking for in the Old Testament, in the book of Luke, and all throughout history. He is simply looking for people who are available. In the Scripture that we read, we, we understand that, that uh, Mary gives us almost this psalm, the song of Mary, that my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. I wonder if you were given the news that Mary was given, could you have said that? Or would you have said, no, Lord, you, you should pick someone else. Mary was a common ordinary young girl who could have played in the band at your local high school. She was chosen. But please understand from a, you know, a theological point of view, we don't worship Mary. We worship Christ. She's not divine, but she is chosen. There's a temptation sometimes for many that when we start to talk about Mary, we, we give her more prominence than actually we, we should. We should never give God's creation more significance than, than the Creator, right? Angels are important in the Christmas story, but we don't worship angels. They are used by God. Ultimately, we worship Jesus. And so this morning, we want to take a look at Mary. She is God's chosen for a special blessing and deserves more remembrance than occasional picture on a Christmas card. There's five things that most of us could agree about with Mary. Mary was very young when this news was given to her. Most biblical scholars indicate that she might have been around 15 or 16 years old. Uh, she, she was a virgin that's pointed out three times in Scripture. Do you know when something is pointed out three times in the Bible, there's, it's, it's really to say there's a main emphasis, okay? She was from a lower class family. She was a devout believer in God. You can, you can see that 
when, when she says, but look at verse 43, but why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the baby leaped in my room, womb for joy. Now this is Elizabeth speaking to Mary. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told from her from the Lord. And then we see in Mary's response, Look at verse 48. He has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. Even Mary didn't see herself as special. She is saying, who am I that God would use me in this way? Mary's response is the same response that we should have. Who am I that the Lord would use someone like me? We are reminded in the New Testament in Paul's writings that we are simply jars of clay. All we are is really, literally, empty clay pots. Empty vessels that God wants to fill and use for His glory. Mary was also approached by the angel Gabriel and given this message. First and foremost, she was told she is highly favored. That's good news. It's always good when, when God says you're highly favored, right? The second thing she was told, the Lord is with you. And then, of course, that was exciting. That was good news. You're highly favored. The Lord is with you. But then there's other news. You're going to have a baby. And she says, uh, how, how can this be? She was troubled in verse 29 at, his saying, at Gabriel's saying, considering what manner of greeting this was. And then, of course, she would name the baby Jesus. She is told that. Joseph is told that. He will be great, called the Son of God. He will reign over the house of Jacob. His kingdom will never end. Now, that's a lot to hear when you're a teenager. That's a lot to hear when you're an adult. So is there any wonder why Mary would be troubled, overwhelmed? That's what we would say today. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by this this news. But what did Mary have that set her apart from everyone else and led God to choose her? There's nothing in the Scriptures that tell us that she was some supernatural Christian or believer. She was scared. This news was terrifying. The angel was terrifying. That's why, if you notice, they always had to say, do not be afraid. An angel showing up uh, to you uh, would probably cause us to to panic or to faint. And and she's, she's living in the natural. She says, I'm a virgin. This can't be. This is beyond her intellect. So many times God uses ways beyond our intellect. We just heard a testimony of how God uses sickness to bring about reconciliation in a family. That's not how we would plan something like that. Isaiah reminds us, God told Isaiah, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. God always uses unconventional ways of doing things. Now when I use the word unconventional, what, what exactly does that mean? One dictionary says that uh, unconventional means not based on or conforming to what is generally done or believed. 
not generally done. God always uses unconventional means to fulfill His plan. Now, the truth is, Mary at this point, and she understands this, this is going to cause trouble. Pregnancy before marriage was a serious offense in that century. We've come a long way, haven't we? The wrong way. But, but the truth is, she's, she understands, Joseph understands. He says, I'm going to have to divorce her quietly. I don't want to put her to shame. So think about how this would change her life. Let me tell you, friends, in our world and, and for us, when we are available to God, it will change her life. Mary could not know what the future would hold. Before it was all over, she would experience heartache. She watches Jesus die. Opposition, confusion, despair, loneliness. In the end, she would face the greatest pain a mother could endure when she watches Christ crucified. She has fear that Joseph will break the engagement, and it, the Scripture tells us he was. Fear of being unable to do maybe what God demands. That's the first thing we have when God calls us to something that is what seems big in our life or unimaginable. We say, you know what, this, this, you've got the wrong person, Lord. We read that in Scripture when we look at how God spoke to Moses and He says, Moses, you're going to lead my people. And Moses basically says to God, no, I'm not. You've got it wrong. I can't even speak. Not, but every, every excuse, now Mary doesn't make excuses. Mary is bewildered. And she wonders, how can this be? And then God, through the angel Gabriel in verse 35, gives her this explanation. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Mary had one attribute that made her actually worthy of God's selection, and I've said it over before, she was willing to be available. We never think about it, but just entertain this thought for a moment. What if Mary said no? Mary wouldn't have said no because of her relationship to God. Did you know no Lord is a contradiction in terms? You can't say no and then say Lord. Because when we call Jesus Lord, we are saying, Lord, uh, God, I am subject to you. I am now your servant. And so this morning for us, the unconventional hope that we have is that if God could use Mary, this young girl who was available, then He can use you. You see, the truth is, when it comes to what God wants to do in our lives, we are our worst enemy. Because we look that person in the mirror and we say, you can't do that. God picked the wrong person. You're not talented enough. You're not strong enough. You're not fill in the blank. But the truth is, God uses unconventional means and He uses jars of clay, us, these weak, uh, emotional beings, 
And he says, you know what? I'm going, and, and we, we know this. We read it all the time. We read and we, we, we love the verse that says God uses the foolish things of this earth to, to confine, confine the wise. And what we forget is we're reading about ourselves. Now don't say, well, Major, you just call me a fool. But we know this to be true. We know that God uses us in spite of ourselves. All he's saying is be available, be willing to be used. She was willing to move beyond her fears. And when you and I move beyond our fears, we, co- we get to the place where we can be used of God. And that place is called obedience. Obedience is not a bad thing. You know what? Uh, when, when people train horses, a, a great horse is not just a strong horse. Or a fast horse. A great horse is an obedient horse. We lived in an appointment where it was horse country. Aiken, South Carolina, there's a lot of uh, people who own horses. They, they use them in, in races and shows and, and whatnot. And so what, what I learned was a certain word that's called meat. Now we think of someone being meat. We think of Jesus. But you know the word to be meat really is, is about, it's, it's, it's where you take a, a horse, a wild horse, and they are meat, M-E-E-K-E-D. It means that they are, they are subject to the owner. They have been broken, right? You've heard that term, that, that horse is broken. They, you can ride it. You can, you can move it any way you want to. Is it still strong? Absolutely. Is it still fast? Absolutely but it's been meat. When we are willing to allow God to make us meek, to make us gentle, then we become strong. Another another great paradox of Scripture, when I am weak, then I am strong. Mary was the strongest when she said, you know what? For I am going to do what God calls me to do. Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. There it is. Yes, Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She didn't run off and say, This isn't fair. I had my plans. You're, you, you have destroyed my my life uh, ambition and, and all the things that, that me and Joseph had planned out and we were going to live here and I was going to have this job. No, she says, you know, whatever you want, Lord, that's what I want. You see, the truth is, many times, what causes us to not be fully committed is the same fears that Mary had. What will people say? Here's this virgin girl betrothed to be married. She is now pregnant. What will people think? What will people say? What will people think if I become really committed to God? Will I be a Jesus freak to some people? Will I be crazy? Yes, you will. But that's okay. Moses was afraid of commitment, right? Some people are afraid to follow Christ's example. We, we may be afraid of what we might end up losing, forgetting that we will gain so much more in life. Jesus said in Luke 14, verse 27, 
And it's, it's really, in, in, in a way, a, a, a warning to us. Anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Some of us this morning, we're carrying heavy burdens. Some of us, we're lonely this year. Sometimes this wonderful time of the year can bring about the most loneliness, the most dark days. Some of us are facing financial crisis. Maybe your life looks hopeless. Some people are out of work. They don't have a lead on a good job. Some people are looking at a marriage that seems worthless or hopeless. Some people are estranged from members of their family. Some, some of us may feel empty or even far away from God at times. And yet, even through all of that, even through the mess of life, God gives you and, and me the same call He gives to Mary. Will we bring Jesus into this world through our thoughts and our actions? I was thinking about when my wife was leading the, uh, the praise and worship. You may not realize it, but there's a, there is deep theology in Christmas carols. In, 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 in the song that says, uh, born in us today, born to give us a second birth, born that man no more may die. You know, th there's some great uh, theological uh, doctrine in, the, in these Christmas carols that we sing. And it's important to remember that in, in, in the song that says, born in us today, will we allow Jesus to be born in us, to walk and to be obedient so that people will see light, they will see love, they will see the, the hope that we have. It's okay to live a Christian life in such a way that unbelievers see you and walk away scratching their head and say, how can this be? How can these people be hopeful amidst all that is going on? There was a survey that was taken that was asked the question, what is your greatest hindrance to sharing your faith? And the largest response, 51% said, their biggest fear was how others would react. How would people see me? Friends, one of the things that we learn and many of us, we still learn this, and we're still learning, is that to be a true faithful follower of Jesus, we have to begin to care more about how He sees us than how the world sees us. If you allow other people's opinions to drive what you say and do, you will, you will lose your mind. You will lose your soul. What we have to be mindful of is that uh, we can't be concerned with how other people will react. God's announcement in Luke wasn't really about Mary. It's not really about us. It was about Jesus. God's call on your life, God's call on my life isn't even about me because I'm just an empty vessel. And God wants to take us, these broken clay pots, and He wants to infuse His light, His power, His love into us so when other people see us, they're not really seeing us. They're seeing Christ. The word Christian means little Christs, Christ-like. 
this morning? Is God asking you, are you available? You know, when, when, when Mary was, uh, when, the, when the angel Gabriel came to Mary, as angel, the, uh, the angel Gabriel being God's representative, you know, uh, you know, if this happened today, you know, it's not like she could, would take out her iPhone and say, now, now let me look at my calendar here and see uh, what's nine months from today. No, I don't think I'm going to be able to be available to, to have Jesus. Sometimes what keeps us from being available is that we, uh, we busy ourselves with things that have nothing to do with God. Friends, it's important to be productive as believers. But being busy in life and being productive are two different things. Remember Jesus when he's sitting at the house of, uh, and he's talking to Mary and Martha and, and, and you know, Martha is the, the hostess with the mostest and she's running around doing everything, entertaining. And finally she says to Jesus, will you not tell Mary to get up and help me? It's not fair. And Jesus says, you know, Martha, she has chosen the better part and it will not be taken from her. There's so much today that we could fill our schedules with. The question we have to ask ourselves is, every day am I choosing the better part? Am I choosing to spend time at Jesus' feet so that I can be available? Churches are closing at an alarming rate today. Many times it's very simple. There's no one available. There's no one there to teach. Pastors are resigning at an alarming rate. Are people available? Our training college, even today, is not as full as it used to be. There's even dormitories that they don't even open there, buildings that are vacant that used to house cadets. The question that Jesus is asking all of us is, are you available? Now, God may use you one way and he may use someone else another. Let God handle that. The, what we have to be mindful of is that as we have an example for Mary, are we available? Now, God asked her to do uh, something that, here, here's a sigh of relief, He's not going to ask you to do. But He is going to ask you to do something, or He has asked you to do something that, that He, before the beginning of time, He knew that you were created for. That only you could do this in such a way that it would bring honor and glory to Him. The question we have to ask ourselves is, will we bring Jesus into the world by our sharing Him with others? And there's many different ways of doing that. You don't have to walk around with a Bible to do that. You, you should be the Bible to people. People should be able... David said, I, I've hidden my, your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Friends, this life that we live is not about us. Mary knew that. It's about Jesus. The calling that God has put on you to be a believer isn't about you or me. It's about God's Spirit working through us. I want to close with this. It's, it's very interesting to me. Verse 38, when it says, The maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. I've often... Th thought that, um, and, and this is just how my mind works, I guess, when you, when you fast forward to Jesus at Gethsemane, 
And he is there praying. And he says, not my will, but your will be done. I can't help but entertain in my mind. I wonder if at some point did Mary say to Jesus, you know, when the angel came to me and told me that you were going to be born, I said, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus basically said the same thing that Mary said. Let it be to me according to your word. Let me fulfill the purpose that you have given me. When it's all said and done, friends, for each one of us, that's all that's going to matter. Did we accomplish what God gave us to do in this world? Only one life will soon be passed. Only what is done for Christ will last. Will you pray with me? Father, today we are grateful for Mary, for her availability, her willingness, Lord, to say, yes, I will be the one. You chose me to bear your son, to bring about the Savior of the world. Now, Father, we pray that in our own life, in all the many people that we meet, in all the people that we do life with every day, that your son would be born in us and that we would share him with others. Lord, help us to just be available. We don't have to be the smartest. We don't have to be the most talented. We're not. It's not about us. But Lord, help us to uh, empty ourselves so that you can fill us with your light, with your love. Lord, help us to be, as John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must increase. Let that be so in our life today. That the unconventional hope that we have is that you continue to use people, to use us in ways that are unimaginable to accomplish your good will. May it be so in our life today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.